Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Right. On this week of the Carmarjan show, we discuss we don't maybe discuss some miscellaneous uh, automotive maladies, but primarily it's another of the uh, random number generated car reviews. That's right. Derek and I both have a spreadsheet where we've written down details of every car we've ever driven ish. And uh, so Paolo is sitting in the corner with his iPhone, ran, gener- randomly generating numbers that correspond to the uh, sequence of cars on our spreadsheets. And uh, we, he calls out a number and we read the car that's in there and talk about the generally horrible shit that we remember about them or said about them. Yes. You know, quite a large selection here today. But what I like the most is that my cars are all shit boxes, and yours are like, well, there was this one amazing Delage, and it was just gorgeous. No, we can't talk about the Delage. I have extreme trauma from the Delage. That's that, not even captured in this episode. I think that'll be the next episode where we talk about all the cars we've wrecked. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know what else you get to wreck? Uh, this episode, Haggerty Podcast Network, uh, Jason Camisa, Derek Tam, hyphen Scott. Did we do all that? Clap. I was just looking for this. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. I put the ew and oh my god, you travel with snacks? I always have an emergency bag snack in case of snack emergency. No, we are gonna hear. <laughs> you're gonna hear eating noises. Well, last time we did this, you threw up on the camera. It's fine. Mmm. Signature select cranberry cashew almond trail mix. How are your cars doing? They're abused, neglected. Spontaneous rear view mirror explosion. Well, well, sadly, my Scirocco is at the frame shop. What? Oh, I haven't seen a facelift. Oops. <laughs> um. All right. So things I don't normally admit. Bought the car June 7th, 1997. Within a month, I understeered into a curb. I bought it with 28,813 miles on it. Not that I'm keeping track. And it had its original rear tires on it, which were, the fronts were Sumitomo's and the rears were, I think, Conti's. And I was poor. So I rotated them so so I had more grip on the rear than the front and I understeered into a curb and I pushed the front left wheel back a bit 10 years later it didn't really do much 10 years later I finally replaced the control arm when I was doing the mounts and unfortunately it didn't unpush the wheel back and the only sorry of course very crunchy almond the only real detriment to this whole thing is that caster's a little fucked up and every alignment shop has ever been able to, was they've all been able to align it out, car track straight, but it doesn't turn left the way it turns right. There's a sort of discrepancy. And so I started a relationship with the frame shop after the beat got its ass rammed. 
And um, I talked to them about it. I said, listen, there's that. And also I had an accident in 2000 when there was a line of traffic stopped. We've talked about the line of traffic was stopped. Somebody waved a black um, cavalier. A cavalier out in front of me and I hit him. But he was traveling from right to left. And so when I hit him, my headlight sprayers must have you know dug into the fender and it just tweaked the left uh, uh, the the frame horns up front just to the left a little tiny bit. So we did a rush job to get the car through the body shop and the the panels haven't been perfectly aligned on that side and it could just be frame it could be frame or it could just be that they didn't hang the defenders properly. So since they did a nice job on the frame of the on the beat, I made an appointment uh, and then promptly forgot about it until it came up on my calendar and I shit myself because this is like really nerve wracking. But anyway, a body local body shop has the Scirocco and they're going to put on a frame rack, measure it and pull it out straight. Um, and so it should align properly now. Since hmm. 1997. 97. 97 and 2000 were the two incidents in the car. But, you know, it's a difficult thing to do because I drove in on. I said, listen, I know this is a worthless Volkswagen. Mm. I'll fucking burn the neighborhood to the ground if anything happens to the car. I didn't say it quite that way, but I said it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if you never see me again, it's because I'm in jail for murder. And mysterious neighborhoods mm-hmm. in the San Francisco Bay Area burned to the ground. I got, I got totally busted. So so I dropped the car off, and then it's kind of around the block from a bunch of my friends who own shops and stuff. And I have a bunch of GPS trackers on the car, and both of them showed the car was outside, and they were closed. And it was St. Patrick's Day. And I'm like, mm, uh, they were closing early, not going to work. So I was right around the block. So I walked over as the, turns out the general manager was there. And I thought he was the detail guy. And he was like, coming over to check on your car. Like full Boston accent right away. And I'm like, yeah. You know, do you want to make sure we didn't leave it outside? I'm like, yeah. And I thought, motherfucker, only Boston, a Boston or New York guy would just immediately, California people were like, Oh, hi, you know, would be completely, hi, how are you? What can I do to help? And this immediately, oh, you checking on us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, I have trackers on the car and they showed it was outside. He's like, we moved it in. It's all good. <laughs> Started a great conversation with it. What a sweetheart of a guy. Um, so I have yet, I haven't tracked the car in two days because I'm nervous. Like it's raining. If this car's outside, I'm going to kill everyone. I mean, I'm, I don't know if it leaks. It doesn't get wet. I don't wash it with water. Anyway, so the Scirocco. At least a, it runs. Yeah. My Citroën is still not running. But it's French. You deserve that. It's on we strike. We got it sort of fixed. Yes, it's, it's faire la grève is the term in French. Um, which is going... Which did means, you see that there were riots in France because they wanted to increase the retirement age by two years to 64? We? I did see that. And what's uh, our? Do we have a retirement age in the United States? I think we just all work until... Death. We, <laughs> death, yeah. Yes, until you're too dead to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm trying to convert the car to electronic ignition now, but... That's proving how difficult could this be? It's got I a carburetor I and know, a and fucking points and a regular distributor made by Dusselier. It's French. I don't know. Well, that could be the problem. Put a Bosch in it and call it a day. I don't know. I'm disappointed. Anyway, at some point we'll have the Citroen episode, but yeah, thus far that I'm, car has been a really good paperweight. So far that car has been invisible. I have not seen it. I know. You bought a Mercedes in Europe. I've uh, stop. You bought a Mercedes in Europe, and I've already driven the fucking thing. Lies, ago. but yes, point taken. No, no, oh, no. that Mercedes in Europe, sorry. We're very sorry. Derek has multiple Mercedes on the continent waiting to be exported to America. Because I'm... That bougie. I'm, I'm negligent. When is the dogleg purple wagon arriving? I'm working on transport now. I sent in some insurance form yesterday. I'm very excited. I can't wait to meet this thing. 
Yeah, me too. Um, as you might notice, why we that have was our lappy tappies. We have our lappy tops, with us, which can only mean one thing. Yeah, the yes. Stig. Sorry. Um, <laughs> only mean one thing, which means we are back by, well, not we. We're not back by popular demand. Back by popular demand is our random number generator car reviews. Which turned out to be very funny because you stupidly drank water while I said something inappropriate and then puked it out of all of your face, face holes, holes. Yeah. And then re-swallowed it, which which made for quite the sound. Mm-hmm. Paolo, I'm very upset, you, by the way, that you sort of attenuated the... <clears throat> I don't even know what the hell happened, but it was you giggled, you squeaked, you choked. I heard the... Saw the spray... And then I heard a, and it should have been like a guttural, <laughs> like, I don't, sorry. I just did that for, for people Effect. at home. Yeah. Yes. For the sorry. listeners. <laughs> Palo, oh, he just wet himself. Palo finds this funny. Um, even if it's not. So anyway, I thought that was, that was fun. So I think we should do this again. Yeah. People seemed to enjoy it. Wow. Who knows what lies ahead. It's just going to be a litany of. I've been saying for years, there's a lot of, there's a, many reasons why I don't read these things out loud and haven't published them. Mm-hmm. But whatever, we'll find out. Maybe this time I won't say anything really offensive. Unlikely. Maybe. And okay. I'll try to time my drinking of water better. No, no, that was perfect timing. In fact, why don't you get some of that trail mix out that I threw on the ground over there? And so you can shoot a, a, a peanut. An almond out of my yeah, nose. Exactly. Uh, all right. You want to start? Yes. Give us a number, Paolo. 1029. Oh, this, when people ask me, what is the worst car you've ever driven? It's mm-hmm. usually this car. So that's actually kind if of a good one. If it's one of mine, it I'm is not. Fucking, oh, it is God. not one of your cars. Uh, September 26, 2013, I drove a 1972 TVR Vixen 2500. I don't even know what that looks like. I'm guessing um, it's two and a half liter. Yes, okay. it is. It's a Triumph TR6 engine, two oh, and a half liter. Okay. So it sounds wonderful because it's an inline six. Uh, this car was just so shitty and poorly resolved. Like, just it didn't go down the road straight. I, at one point, this is the, the most vivid memory I have of the car. I went over a bump and there was such a large, terrific crashing noise that I immediately instinctively jerked my head over to see what had fallen off of the car. But it was just the passenger door opening. <laughs> Uh, it's yes. merely the passenger door <laughs> flinging itself open. Yeah, so that was the TVR Vixen. Uh, anything else we need to know about that car? We can take this as an opportunity to do a TVR to, episode. To learn about TVRs. I mean, I they're made of fiberglass because that's how you make a kit car. I mean, these cars, I have not interacted with too many TVRs in person. But every time I interact with one, I am just shocked by the quality of the car. Lack they're of quality? Just, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just like really... You know, it's they're little unhinged British cars where they are like, let's throw together something and sell it to the public. And, you know, if people die, so be it. On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of it in a nutshell. It's, it's really interesting that that brings up a point of the, the uh, difference between American automotive journalists and British automotive journalists. And I don't mean to throw anyone under the bus, but... I'm going to. Someone's getting thrown under the bus. <laughs> Every, an entire, entire industry. So anytime a British car comes out, Every British car review is like, this is fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's well-built. It's a TVR. It's great. It's blah, blah, blah. 
we don't really have that America fuck yeah mentality, at least among my peers in the automotive journalism world. Cars are just kind of cars and we're, if anything, a little bit European elitist snob sort of thing. But I mean, the most glowing reviews I've given over the last couple of years have been things like Teslas, which are American, and then Cadillac Blackwings, which are American. But but really also Porsches and Ferraris have, have been made in a bunch of amazing cars. Volkswagens have sort of all over the map. Hondas, fuck that new Prius for fuck sake is amazing um but i find that brits don't give british cars bad reviews and mm. i did not know that tvrs were such shite i mean i haven't interacted with a contemporary one and so those might be quite good and i must say that the speed six their proprietary inline six is probably the best sounding car engine of all time maybe what it's definitely contender uh That's so big fucking words yeah because you know about the prince motor mm-hmm. the s20 yeah what other straight sixes? Is all six cylinder straight sixes all of the above? Uh, yeah. I mean, I like inline six noises the best of any car noise. I think three hundred SL going. It's better than a three hundred SL going. That's, that's, I don't know if that's possible. It's really wonderful. In really? any case, okay. so I would love to interact with more contemporary TVRs to see where they're always they're garbage. I whenever I read something about those cars, people say that they're kind of like a bit homemade. Hmm. You know, so. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm curious, especially just drive anything with a speed six in it. And they I, made their own 75 degree flat, uh, flat plane V8. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yes. If it's a 75 degree flat plane V8, it's an odd fire. Unless it's got really split crank pins. All right. So we're going to do an episode on TVR coming up because I've never heard of this motor and I need to drive something with a speed six in it. So if you're in the Bay Area and you own something. There's with a, a guy in Southern California who has more than one TVR. Well, I don't know. Any, I mean, yeah, I don't, we have to have track your, them down. Have your new shitbox dog leg manual purple wagon shipped to LA and let's go on a fucking road trip. I'm and very interested. The part of the Haggerty Podcast Network. Ding! No, pay our bills. All right. That's all Jason's we need to turn. All right. 2274. 22. I made an index here so I could just search it very quickly now. Oh, I Oh, that. dear. Uh, this would be on March 21st, 2018. I drove a 2018 BMW M5 at. Laguna Seca. Mm. God, why did I choose this font this small? I'm getting old. Um, Steering is a bit rubbery, not as good as the Alphas. That was a Julia Quadrifoglio that was also there. It does not broadcast the limits, but very good grip, very good body control, very little roll. Even in in soft mode, no weight transitions were obvious. Perfect transmission programming, great power. Only one sideways moment when the turbos hit harder than I wanted to. Good balance, shrugs off its weight. Very good performance for a very big track uh, car on track. Does what it's supposed to do, and it feels better than you expect from a modern BMW. Okay, first of all, rule number one of writing and journalism, never use simple words like very, and I use that 77 times. Um, number two, that's... That's because you were wanting to say very good, but not excellent. Yeah, but I, no, 2018, that's 2018, that's an F10. They had hydro steering, steering quite good steering in those cars. And so the this big, was the very end of the F10? Mm-hmm would have to be because it can't be 2018 can't be the next gen can it beats me God, I, don't I don't know whatever bmws i mean i should put a chassis code in this do i have to look hold on 2018 wm5 we're gonna we're gonna use the internet here uh that's the new one. Oh, so you were driving the first of the new ones mm-hmm. yep um okay anyway so it was e-pass it was e-pass yep but they were look m cars are always good on track 
you know, the question and modern all BMWs other than F80 uh, M3, they've all been pretty good on track if they can put the power down. And that's always been the problem. They just sort of BMW hasn't yet figured out to have a wall of explosive turbocharged torque and enough steering feel to tell you you're about to fucking eat shit. Mm -hmm. um, so you just get sideways and crash it on the way out of cars and coffee. Not that I've seen plenty of videos doing that. All righty then. <laughs> Pello, next up for Derek. 875. I'm, I'm also going to look at these numbers because in case anything is ridiculous. Yeah, that needs to be shared. I put 875 miles on an AMG GT53 sedan. That came up in the search. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, I may have to do this one. Anyway. Okay, mine is a 1960 Porsche 356B Roadster. So it's 1960. So the, the, this is the progression of the Speedster. In the 356, there were two... You think we have proliferations of Porsche models now, but Porsche has been doing this for a while. Uh, although back then proliferation meant like three different body styles only. So you could get the coupe, the cabriolet, or the speedster effectively. Uh, and the speedster ended in 1958, and then it was replaced by the convertible D, uh, which is the same car with a slightly taller windshield and wind-up windows instead of side curtains. And then that, when the, the A turned into the B, they called that the roadster. And then they made two versions of that, the single grill and the twin grill roadster. Where are the A's and B's and D's coming from? Uh, so A is the first 350. No, well, there's actually ones that are called pre-A. <laughs> Only fucking Germans. Okay. <laughs> so there are pre-A's uh, and then the A came out at 54, 55. Uh, and then the B, it's just to gen indicate okay. iterations. So the so B was 1959 to 1963. And then the C is 64, 65. And that just indicates evolutions. It's the way okay. that you would say now. 964 or 993 or not now you would say 991 or 992 now sorry but i think of now as being 1995 but it's not uh so yes this is the replacement of the speedster it's the pared down one and this one was etna blue that's all i have okay fair enough uh the reason i cringed when i said 875 for me is because i on m november 5th of 2009 put 40 miles on a 2010 bmw x6 active hybrid oh that's a car that i totally forgot existed and it's because bmw recalled them all so yes, at the end of the warranty yeah they had so many problems with them that they bought them all back and i a friend of mine ran a bmw dealership service department here and they had one customer who did not want to give it back he really wanted it and they were like we will give you anything to give the car uh, the, there was a one series electric yes uh, electric same thing they all were recalled bmw yes. didn't want the liability out um they just said what? and uh, i think everybody wanted the hoods off of those because they had a hood bulge on them uh to clear the powertrain uh and so all the guy the tuner boys who wanted a, a hood bulge on their car wanted the 1e one e hood one series active e or maybe and it was maybe also shared with a 1m huh um what what a great hybrid <laughs> nice rework of the two mode system that's right this was that gm4 two mode system that had so it had two planetary gear sets that would result in four fixed ratios i think this was that same system i totally forgot about it. no wonder they wanted to recall it it was somebody else's gearbox yeah, a ticking time bomb. and so you would start out the the idea behind it is it had four fixed ranges for towing because the way an ecvt works like the the cvt in the in a prius for example it has a planetary gear set with a small motor and a big motor and the output so planetaries have three three input outputs and so the gear ratio between the big the 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 internal combustion engine 
and the motor and the wheels is all determined by the speed of the smaller motor. So at higher speeds and at higher speeds, you have to spin the small motor at a certain speed to reduce the gear ratio between the internal combustion and the en engine and the wheels, right? So a Prius at 100 miles an hour is not very efficient because it's using so much electricity to spin the small motor to reduce the effective gear ratio between the other two. And under heavy loads, it's fighting that load. So of towing, for example, with an SUV, uh, towing with an Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Hybrid. Hybrid. Well, towing with an eCVT means you're going to overheat the small motor because a small motor has to overcome all that force. And so GM's solution to that was to build in a bunch of trans brakes, like, you know, planetary gear set brakes in there to stop parts of the planetaries from spinning and thus could create four fixed gear ratios held by brakes. So as you drove the car, it would transition from first gear to a CVT, based second gear to a real third to a cvt based four and at any time it can adjust any of the uh, the cvt gears and then would have but had four fixed ratios for very high load situations and so it it worked the problem i remember on the gms was they didn't have a reverse gear for the motor so i couldn't get up my i couldn't back up my driveway in michigan it was too steep if i just put it in reverse and i floored it it would just go and not move <laughs> couldn't do it on level ground on, no no on a steep uh. steep backing up a hill which kind of defeated the purpose of being able to tow something because if you needed to back up any sort of hill with a boat or something on the back of your tahoe which used the same system you were just so well um but i did say blah, blah 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 fast as hell and gives a huge economy boost bouncy ride though and it's still a stupid vehicle and yes. now it weighs almost six thousand pounds and has a streisand snout yes Close They're gearing ugly. and great wide open throttle shifts. Um, brake by wire is totally transparent. That was one of the first brake by wire systems. That didn't um, suck. That didn't suck. Because Mercedes had uh, introduced it in like 03 and then recalled it all. Yeah. SBC. SBC. That's still under warranty. Yes, 25, 25 year warranty. Yeah. Okay. On Sensitronic. Yeah, interesting. Okay. And by the way, if, if Paolo throws out a number and you have a good thing for that, by all means. Okay. 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 All right, Paolo. Paolo. Me turn now, even though I stole Derek's turn. 682. 682. 682. I will check my 682. Oh dear. On October 1st, 2022, I put 231 miles on a Porsche 9, uh, no, Cayenne GTS Coupe. Oh yes, this was relatively recent. Yep. I will never understand the SUV coupe thing, but I understand the music of a V8. <laughs> when the hell was this? 20? This was less than a year ago. Yeah, this was down in LA for. Oh, this is why I'm were you so sick. I was sick. You were very sick. Yeah, this is the one that I had to take multiple naps on the side of the road because I was so sick. Sounds so unlike the other Germans from Audi and AMG with lots of music. Minimal lag, never gets in the way. Transmission's great. Steering is incredibly precise and immediate. Seats are very sports car. I like that things are authentic, and this isn't. <laughs> Give me a G wagon or a Raptor or Defender, and then when you throw this, oh dear. Here's where it goes. And when you throw this corner and holy shit fuck, all-wheel drive system sends all the power to the back and rotates like a front front engine rear drive sports car with zero perceptible weight transfer or body roll. I can't fault this thing dynamically, but it does clomp over bumps because the wheels are too big. Infotainment, blah, 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 blah. But it's pretty. So anyway, mm. um, the interior is pretty. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I don't understand the SUV coupe thing. No, I mean, why would you remove the most useful part of the thing that is supposed to be useful? So well, now it's just tall and useless. Its middle name is you. Like U his middle useless. Is, 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 sports ut 
utility vehicle. Useless I, yeah, coupe. Sports yeah. utility coupe. Yeah, I think or that's sports a, useless coupe. That tr- is a trend I will never. Un- look, I understand it's like high heels. Like high heels aren't meant to run in, but if the high heels look like a friggin' boot, yeah, like it's just not. No one. It, no, stop it. Yeah, I can't wait I for quite these agree. things to die off. But uh, mine was a Maserati Bora. Oh, of course it was. Those are cool cars. The dark red one. Yeah, the the Bora is cool because it came out right around the same time as the 365, the BB, and uh, after the Miura. So it was kind of the third big Italian mid-engined flagship car, and it's actually like easy to drive and live with and interact with it. Compared to the other two, it's a lot friendlier. It's a lot friendlier than a Kunta, any Lamborghini mid-engine product uh, and the Ferrari one, too. So it was like maybe one of the earliest road car, mid-engine road cars that's actually kind of easy to live with and pleasant to drive and other than the the brakes <laughs> well the citroen weird yeah yeah so it's got the citroen uh, hydraulic brakes that when you touch the pedal it goes and yeah. pushes back on you and yes. scares the shit out of you yeah. but it also has a brushed stainless steel roof and chrome dished hubcaps that mm-hmm. may, uh, that give the weird reflection Con- stuff concave yeah. yes. i did a collectible classic on one years ago at automobile i quite liked it yeah um but it also had hydraulic seat controls yes. if i remember correctly so yes. the seat and sliders the seat were not electric back is fixed mm-hmm. but the whole thing slides forward and aft and like the pedals seat too right ends, uh did pedals move i feel like pedals moved pedals move but not seat is that how it works something like that i can't remember That's so long ago yeah but the seat is very chaise lounge looking yeah pretty, it's pretty cool pretty psychedelic pretty cool car okay uh what number was that that was my 682 that was your 682 okay palo for derek for derek He's got to open different windows because we have different maximum numbers. 744. 744. Like a Volvo. Uh, Pagoda. 1969 280 SL. Weiss White gray. Yeah. I hate those cars to drive. They're very pretty to look at, but they're disappointing to drive. It just drives like a sedan Mercedes from the same era. Uh, 744 is March 1st, 2009, what appears to be at an Audi launch. And I believe this one was, oh God, where the hell was this? Somewhere in Southern California, because I have a whole bunch of Audis that I drove at the same time, all A5s. Uh, this was a 2010 A5 three liter TDI Quattro Cabriolet with a seven speed DSG. TDI? This must be in Europe. Yeah, TDI Cabriolet, was, that's not Southern California. Uh, S5 3.0 T Quattro Cabriolet. Yes. Okay. So this was, must be in... Must have been in Europe. Uh, <clears throat> okay. This is Jason being nice. Horrific, horrendous, and inacceptable step-off lag. The sucky <laughs> transmission makes it worse. But this diesel boosted, boosted to this power output and expected to move this much mass needs needs to do the fraternal twin turbo thing, i.e. big and small. Smooth, especially for a V6 with none of the Mercedes's boom. Quite fast, but nowhere near as good as the BMW 35D, though better than Mercedes 320 CDI engine. But I love that. Horrific, horrendous, and unacceptable. First of all, it's unacceptable, Jason. Did you say unacceptable? I said unacceptable. Step off lag. <laughs> I must have been in Europe. Um, I mean, and you know, the next one was a two liter turbo. This is a huge amount of mass for a two liter four cylinder. Um, you know engines more visceral yeah i drove five different a5s and s5s in the same day on march 1st 2009 who knew okay um paulo number for jason number numero para jason hold on why were there two i put 744 miles on something apparently 
1,744, which was a, new, a, a Jew Kinismo. <laughs> 71. 7-1? As in zero seven one. Jesus. I have 771, 871, 971. This is not making it zero seven one. Damn it. I This is going to be hard to find. Hold on. I'll just scroll back the manual way, I guess. This is so... Keep it on. Mine was an Alpha 4C launch edition. Rosso <sighs> Competizione. That is such a good car. I yeah, everyone shits it. on 4Cs. I, I mean, it just, it has texture and personality and it's a carbon fiber chassis and it's pretty to look at. It's just, it's an experience in the way that a good sports car should be. Yep. And I, manual steering. I, I went on the launch of that car and I fucking hated it from the passenger seat. I was with Aaron Robinson, who now works for Haggerty, but was with Car and Driver at the time. And I was like, are you kidding me for $75,000 for this pile of shit? It's got a Fisher-Price My First Shitbox interior. Especially the radio. The the radio didn't bother me because it was like Alpine and like shitty second market. It was the climate controls that I would have wanted to bludgeon to death with like in a $9,000 rental car. And I'm like, this is stupid. And then I drove it and didn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just so much personality. Yeah. Um, my number 71 is uh, October 3rd, 2006. I put five whole miles on a 2007 Mitsubishi Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty interior materials, but relatively competent. Great stereo with a Rockford sub. Silly third row seat. Nice, nice LED taillights. Keyless Go is good, but fob is ridiculously large. Keyless Go, that's the Mercedes term. Yeah, we didn't quite know what to call I still call it Keyless Go, come to think of yeah. it. Um, I think that's probably the best way of describing comfort yeah. access as being well of course the it. germans would come up with a name porsche porsche tronic is that what they call <laughs> no, it no i'm sure no like, it, it has some name i know this because uh i forget what it's called but Ke- porsche has some name. <laughs> no that's it's got to start with it's got to be an acronym it has three porsche or four letters it, and it has porsche in it porsche yeah, comfort yeah no comfort access is bmw comfort access is bmw yeah porsche keyless go pkg okay <laughs> Paolo, uh, is, number is it for, my turn? Oh, yes. Yeah. Or is it your turn? It's your turn. No. Yeah. Derek, your number okay. is? 434. 434. Uh, let's see here. 434. Uh, <laughs> 2009 F430 Scuderia 16M Yellow. This is Ooh. the car I got pulled over in this car and given a very hard time. Um, this is why I don't talk back to, this is why I don't talk back to police the way that you do. I just can't. You gotta make them laugh. Disarm, immediately disarm them with, with an admission of your own stupidity and your knowledge thereof. And then fucking make them laugh and hope for the best. Yeah. So this thing had an exhaust on it and I was sort of doing, I, I like ripped by in it and they heard me, but didn't see me. And then I like took photos of the car and then I was just merrily minding my own business leaving. And then this is like 15 or 20 minutes later and then they pulled me over and then it's one of those like on the side of the road, like calling for backup, like <sighs> where's who's who owns this car? And it was a customer car. And so I like had to explain who owned it. And then they're like, where's the documentation? I was like, I don't know. I'm just taking photos of it. And then like, how do you get in the trunk? And I was like, there's a release you have to anyway. It was just this big mess anyway. That's like, that's why I don't talk back to police. Yeah. This I is mean, why like, loud yellow cars are dumb. Well, that's why police are dumb. Listen, I, you know, when you need them, they're there. I get all that other shit. But there's, I was just speaking uh, earlier today with, with a European gentleman, and I was talking about just how, uh, how mall copy American cars get with a, you know, I'm in charge and your shit. 
And there have been a couple of times where I've really just gone back at him. One of one of them I was explaining to him is not only this is an epidemic in America, but specifically in California where no one knows the rules. And I, most other countries. Oh, that's what it was. They were just giving me some hard time about dealer plates. That's oh, right. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, I know how a dealer plate works. Yeah, I know and they that don't. Carlo had this happen right. too. Did it happen to me once where I got pulled over for not having a front plate on a car with a manufacturer plate? And I had to explain to the cop, I'm There's sorry. There's only one. There's only one. Motherfucker gave me the ticket anyway. And I went to court and I'm like, it's your own fucking rules. You follow them. But the, the one where I really lost my shit was I made a left on red in front of a cop. And he pulled me over and was a belligerent asshole about it. You saw me back there. What the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I came to a stop. I used my left signal, I looked, there was no one coming, and I made a safe left on red. That's right, what are you, crazy? And I'm like, wait a second, you don't even know that was legal, do you? And he was like, of course that's not legal. And I'm like, it absolutely is. If you think you're going to give me a ticket, here's my license, threw my license at him. And I'm like, go back and look up the fucking rule and then come and talk to me. And he did, to his credit, come back and like, I'm really sorry. I didn't know that was legal. And I was like, if you're expected to... What, what state is that legal Cal in? California. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Michigan, you can make a left from a one-way onto a two-way street, which is completely, no, hold on, from a two-way onto a one-way. Oh, you're talking about, uh, were you making a one-way? I was one-way to one-way. Oh, so. got it. You left that out. <laughs> okay. So you made a left. <laughs> so we can edit this whole thing out and start, a, no, I'm kidding. You made I'm, a left on red made on a, a left one-way on from a one-way to a one-way. Yeah, it's the only time you'd ever be able to do it. Yes, yes. In Michigan, you can make a left on red on a, from a two-way onto a one-way. That blows my mind. That took me a long time to get used to living there. So if you're on a two-way street, you're in a red light, you can make a left on red. Onto. Thank you for having that reaction. <laughs> Into oncoming traffic. Across. Wow. Yeah. Nuts. But this, this California, this guy just had no idea that you could make a left on red. And I gave him a speech because, you know, I'm sorry, you're charged with enforcing the rules and you don't even know them yourself. You should go kill yourself is what I wanted to say. But I didn't. Okay. Um, and to highlight the difference between us, you were in a 16M. Yes. Uh, my number for whatever the fuck, 434 is a 2008 Toyota Highlander High Limited. Yeah, and I put 100. This was a limited. Rock solid and quiet at 100 miles an hour. That's the only <laughs> thing you need to know. Okay. On a closed course. 2698. 2698. Do I even go that high? 2698. You go into the 27s, I think. One of one. <gasps> okay. On 1128 of 2022, I drove a 2023 Maserati MC20. Hmm. Um, fail fail i mean look okay good looking car especially in pearl white with purple headlights uh I have purple headlights purple highlights sorry i can't read this font purple highlights so the car has yes, like yes, a glow yes. that it like you know the pearlescent in, inside is very plain understyled if i'm being generous completely lacking flair and personality if i'm being hard on it driving position is fantastic ride is superb perfect combination of soft and controlled digital gauge cluster is clear and helpful center stack infotainment screen isn't bad reflections in the f oh this is nuts have you driven one of these cars mm -mm. reflections in the flat glass bulkhead window make f behind you make you think you're about to be hit with oncoming cars at night oh so by rear end yeah you are looking in that mirror and there's a perfect reflection of any car that's coming towards you and you think you're about to get rear-ended and killed and mm -hmm. it's it genuinely scared the shit out of me three or four times and it's got one of the like gm flicky oh, yes. lcd screens you have to use it because with that flat glass behind you everything reflects and you just jump constantly it scares the shit out of you sounds um, bad for your blood pressure 
Yeah, it was. Oh, I wrote. It's genuinely horrifying. No wonder it has an optional LED screen in there with a rear view camera. You can't see back there anyway. The DCT is superb. Instant shifts and always knows what's to do. The engine is both a hit and a miss. Unbelievable response. Like you can barely tell it's turbocharged up top, even at three thousand are on its full boil within a fraction of a second. The boost ramp is. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. Basically, 3,000 RPM, you floor it, and it's the boost ramp is so natural that it feels like a naturally aspirated engine. Mm-hmm. Um, the boost ramp is subtle down low, s- subtle down low, sudden up top, but the noise is not okay. First of all, I thought I kept hearing detonation, which is unsettling, but it's probably just a function of the head design because you know it's a weird head design oh, with like a yes, pre-chamber. The Netuno. Yeah, net, is it Netuno, Netuno or Netuno? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, we discussed this once before. It's Netuno. That, yeah, that has very much like a 1980 Civic CVCC. Com- Squish. Controls complex. Vortex. Right, it's got a pre-chamber. Um, and it sounds like detonation. It sounded like something was wrong with the engine, and I didn't like that. Like, I like mechanical noise coming through the firewall, but not when it sounds like you're about to have a very large warranty claim. Mm-hmm. Um, it hauls the mail, but fails to stir emotion. And so I'm not interested in, in it as a sports car. Mm-hmm. that's where i just don't ever want to drive one again okay. sad sad to say uh do you have an you don't have no, a i don't go up that high 2698 which is one less than the ugliest 911 ever made yes but they're so cheap and they drive like 911s that we've it's both owned like one. okay yeah i was thinking about maybe <gasps> another one even. i have a cool one okay do you want to go first or should um I? It's your number, but if you're still looking, I can go. I'm here. Okay. 995. Ah, 1989 Porsche 930 Turbo Black. This I love the dichotomy between <laughs> the things you've driven and the same number and the things that I've driven because I drove a Honda Insight manual. Oh. But you go first. Um, this is your number. 89930. So this is the one year of the 930 that has a five-speed, and it transforms the car into being just absolutely unforgivably shitty to drive into being tolerable but still not as good as naturally aspirated and it helps that it's the g50 the the good five-speed transmission and that's just because the gears are so stupidly long in the force yeah it's a car that so initially these cars were six and a half to one compression ratio and then these (laughs) are seven to one so they they upgraded them seven to one once they went to i don't even know it's when they probably went to intercooled them is my guess uh and so it's just gutless down low and first gear every gear is really tall like a hill start in san francisco in a 930 i think might be implausible yeah um so yeah the five speed helps but i still and this is why you always see 930s modified because they're just gutless Mm -hmm. i drove one once and i don't think i ever got boost i waited so long (laughs) that you got out of the car before boost ever arrived. i I mean mean, really mean it i think it was you know driving around city streets on some rally and it was i just drove it to dinner maybe two miles but i really genuinely don't think i ever was able to stay you'll know it when you get it (laughs) it's very swift once it's on boost the way that that car is i mean it makes a ton of sense in germany and when you think of on an autobahn yes Yes. The whole party trick of that car was the fact that you could go 150 miles an hour in a three liter car so effortlessly if you were doing a standing start and were just ripping up to redline every gear change. The car is really impressive in that respect. And if you were used to cars with 170 horsepower and the experience or you know 210 horsepower or whatever, to, to go 150 miles an hour with that little effort was really noteworthy then. But now yeah. it just it's not an experience that has aged well. Fair enough. 
2001 Honda Insight manual. Funky as I thought it would be, I love the idea of a manual transmission. You can really feel the IMA's torque when you're stepping off. Slow, yes, and this one has 255,000 miles on it, so it's seen better days and it makes some pretty funky noises. But the shifter feels awesome and it's a fun commuter despite its lack of oomph. If I remember correctly, that car showed a lifetime of average of 74 miles per gallon. <laughs> I have pictures of it somewhere. I'll, I'm sure I'll be able to dig one up, unfortunately. Uh, but I, it was like 74, something outrageous, just huge. Cool car. Actually Quite on my remarkable. list. That's a car that I thought was supposed to be fun, but somebody I knew, maybe it was you, told me that it wasn't like actually that fun to sling around. Because the hope is that with a manual transmission and like a funky powertrain and those dimensions that it should be like a good canyon carver and in that it's not really good at that i don't remember i mean i barely drove the thing and this was a dealership car that we borrowed for a photo shoot because i couldn't find one and i showed up and it was so bad that i went and bought a drill and a 3m headlight repair kit and i just had to restore the headlights because it looked so bad for the photo shoot it was when inside uh crz came out and so my question was it was the crz i did a really fun uh picture that we never ran an automobile because my editor at the time was fucking twat um but i i wanted to know whether crz was a new crx or was it a new insight which mm-hmm. was it mm-hmm. um and we forget that crx came out and it wasn't a canyon carver crx was yeah, a yeah. 50 mile per gallon yeah. two-seater commuter care yeah and uh, along the likes of the pontiac fiero Fiero. And uh, it was only the CRX SI that really got the attention of enthusiasts. But well, the, and I remember they kept sort of iterating on the car and making it sort of better and more performant and more joyful. And it finally ended up in a happy place. Yeah. But it took them like I think it was like the fourth maybe uh, time of sort of revamping the car yeah. to get to a joyful place for the CRX. And but CRZ was one hell of a you know manual transmission hybrid CRZ. I said, yeah, uh, hybrid cool looking funky two seat hatchback. They just never put the right motor in it. Like that should have gotten the K20 from the Civic mm, SI. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, interesting, interesting car. Paolo? Is it? 255. Okay, he's cutting us off. He's cutting us off. 255. Right. Um, I don't know how to count. Okay. Wow, this is really interesting. 518 uh, of tw- 2007. Uh, BMW 335i Coupe, 710 miles on this car. So this is that you applied that I applied on that car. That's that's a lot for. Uh, I think my average is something along the lines of uh, it's about 100 miles per car. So to put 710 miles on a car, that's that's a lot. And I think this was the very first N54 turbocharged BMW we'd ever driven. Yes. Um, if I look, yeah, it had to be. Um, initial reaction it takes 12 feet for me to realize why this is still the best car in the world the steering wheel read the surface of the parking garage to me as i backed out of my spot the engine sounds tits it's fast as shit and all the controls fall right to hand it needs xm and and nav though the ladder would get i would though the ladder would get iDrive. So that was when you could get the flat, oh, the flat dash, dash yeah, the versus the double dash. bubble yeah, yeah. Um, I love this interior lighting scheme and I can't wait to drive the hell out of this thing this weekend. I got 27 miles per gallon, not bad. And it was supremely comfortable on the drive. Needs a limited slip differential in the worst way, but otherwise I completely adore it. Better than the G37 for sure because of refinement. Mm. Okay, so that was a 335i coupe that I took to Pittsburgh from Ann Arbor, Michigan for the weekend. Mm. Um, I remember that now. And that was just yeah, and I dynoed it. And the G37 put 287 the wheels, and I think that one put 304 to the wheels, even though it was rated at 300 horsepower. <laughs> Absolute the wheels. 
monster. Yeah. And then guys start tuning them. Yeah. And then they go really insane. That E90 was hideous to look at, but spectacular. I think they like them as sedans. I like them as sedans better than coupes. The the coupe was not pretty at all, but that sedan, I also hated the way it looked pre-facelift. Mm-hmm. Um, but post facelift, it also got that updated iDrive, and that's just a really high watermark for BMW's driving experience of the best driving three series yeah. ever. Okay, that well, was you said that was two five five. Mine is nineteen sixty four Citroen DS nineteen Chaperon Cabriolet white. Qu'est-ce que c'est Chaperon? Chaperon me is the coach builder who made oh. the Cabriolet. So normally mm. they would start as sedans and they'd send them to Chaperon, and then they would rebody them as two door convertibles. Huh. Uh, this was a Citromatic car. So you could get a column shift four speed, a column shift five speed. Not a lot of column shift five speed cars were made, but the DS yeah. is one of them. Uh, but this was a Citromatic. Uh, have you driven a Citromatic car? Uh, it was traumatic or Citromatic. Y- yes. <laughs> I uh, had once. Very fucking bizarre. This the Citromatic. Yeah. 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 So to Plunk start it. the car, you move it from neutral over to the start position. Uh, and that starter will work regardless of the ignition key position, but the key, ignition key will turn on the coil so you can crank the starter and the car won't start because the coil's not on if you haven't turned the key on so basically if you leave it in first gear your neighbor could drive down the street at cranking speed in first well no because starter position is a different position than the first gear Ah, so he could just crank so the there's engine a, until the lever lives in neutral, dies. and then you it's spring loaded, and you hold it over at the start position, and then as soon as it catches, it moves back to neutral, and then from neutral you can go to first. One would first hope is away from you, second is toward you, third is over one notch to the right, and fourth is one more notch to the right. It's a right. manual it's, transmission, yeah. but it is controlled by actuators, Server, servos, uh, and right. yes, uh, and it has two pedals, so it does the clutch work. And it feels a lot like a Ferrari F1 transmission, <laughs> the I, way that it lets the clutch out. The one that I drove was better than most Ferrari F1s because yeah. it was not computer controlled, not trying to adjust for anything. And it mm-hmm. was perfectly linear in its reactions and consistent. So yes. once I learned how to, inter- and I only drove it maybe 10 miles, mm-hmm. once I learned how to interact with it and tell it how quickly to engage the clutch just by virtue of how fast. Yeah, it's like it a centrifugal clutch on a moped yeah. effectively. You sort of learn how it works and it just worked. Yeah, but I like the uh, idea that you could just crank it until the battery, like you reach your hand in and crank it until the battery dies. Or if it powers the fuel pump, if the fuel pump is mechanical and it's carbureted, you're gonna flood it. You could not only flood it, but you could wash the cylinders down and destroy your neighbor's engine. Oh, that is that's being a good neighbor. That's being a good French. That's being a good neighbor. We can't say uh, that we work for an insurance company. Oh yes, we can't talk about being a good neighbor (laughs) because State Farm is there. Um, did did not happen. Uh, and the final note about that is the weight transfer as it's letting the clutch out, which may not be the smoothest, is just this wonderful aquatic, like you feel like you're on a waterbed as the car's weight is transferring as the clutch lets itself out on so its cool. schedule. That's so cool. So, yeah, that's the DS with Citromatic. Okay. I well, can, this has can't been... I believe that's been another episode. Another episode of uh, random number generated car, car reviews. reviews. I kind of feel like we we could, I mean, there's a lot of them here. We should probably take a break from them, but there's so much fun to do. You guys yeah. let us know. Yes, awesome. we'll uh, maybe make it every 10th or 20th episode or whenever. This is episode, I believe, 90. 
if we are doing them in order. Otherwise, yeah. it's potentially 89. We'll Whatever. Find uh, Paolo shook his head for 90. So, so it must be 89. 89? 90? He said, no, he said yes or no. Oh, 90. Not it. It's good that we can count. I mean, Here's the thing. I just got a notification this morning on my safari type device that says today today i think was our one year anniversary for starting the carmudgeon show channel on youtube oh yes as a dedicated post haggerty era or in haggerty era i should say and we have to be now have we've probably produced more episodes of this for haggerty than we have for for ecme no we're 48 maybe for yeah 48 so we're getting close close. yes wow Wow. we're gonna hit 100 what happens when we hit 100 we're gonna pass my age in years we're getting close to that yeah All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Join us for the next one. We'll be back next week. Almost certainly.